Return to Camp Blood, episode 44, Community Spotlight with Tim Miller. This episode is brought to you by Dirt Map FX. This is cursed. Jason's alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming to me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're doing if you stay here. Never come back again. Welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Chris, joined by my fellow counselor, Nathan. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, so, to, yeah, tonight uh, we have um, a weapon prop maker, uh, Mr. Tim Miller from Dirt Nap FX, who is pretty well known in the Friday the 13th cosplay hobby for his production of convention-safe weapons. If you've ever been to a horror convention or a cosplay event, I'm almost certain that you've seen Tim's work, most notably his prop machetes and axes. How you doing tonight, Tim? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Doing good. So um, what sort of drew you into the Friday franchise? Oh, childhood obsession with horror movies. I think, you know, just like everybody else that's in this hobby. So I had a friend and I that when we were in grade school, we used to go to the local video store in the summertime and we'd rent five, six, seven movies a night and go home and watch them. And we were, you know, just writing reviews on shit, you know, so we were, we were always into it. And, you know, Friday the 13th, that was the first one that the first one I remember seeing was part three. And I was probably six or seven years old and my brother and his friend were watching it and I kind of snuck downstairs and, uh, you know, just the hockey mask, the whole thing with that, the, the soundtrack is really, you know, I think that's the big thing with horror movies these days. They don't have a score, you know, and the, the movies from the seventies and eighties, they had a score and that's what kind of built the tension for the, you know, and really what made the memory. Oh yeah. So, um, you know. You you talked about the mask in a little bit, but um, where'd your where'd the inspiration for doing um props come from? Uh, I was at Horror Hound Weekend, probably that was my first ever convention that I went to, just as you know, a, a fan to go down and and you get there and here's all these people in costume. It's like holy shit, man! You know, and a couple I've made pretty good friends with, and and I noticed, you know, the hell they're carrying around a real axe, a real machete, and And uh, security was kind of getting, you know, there's just that kind of tension of, you know, is somebody going to try to do a pose and they can't see what's behind them and they hit somebody with it. And uh, so I kind of planted the seed. And I think the other thing was Halloween was right around the corner. And, you know, the the pop-up stores, you know, let's face it, the the props that they have, they're pretty subpar. So uh, I went to my dad's dad's house and he had an old uh, single bit axe hanging up on his wall and I asked if I could borrow it and found a, a Lumalite, which is uh, based in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is my hometown. They're uh, silicone rubbers, casting resins. And it was a, it was a pretty cool time. You walk in with an ax and Hey, I want to, I want to make a mold of this. And they didn't even bat an eyelash. They're like, well, come on back, you know? And so you go back in their production shop and plop you down a chunk of clay and well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to make a mold bed and when you're done with that, come get us. So it was just a, it was about a three day process on my first mold and, and, uh, that was it. And then you never think that, I guess back then it's going on probably eight, nine years ago that 
people would buy it. So, you know, and that's when people started reaching out and showing interest in it. And, you know, you just try some other stuff out and see if that's what people want and try to listen to the fan of the, uh, the customers. So essentially you're, you're coming up on 10 years in the game. Is that correct? I think it's, it's 10 years that I started doing the hockey masks. That's what I really started on. And then the props came after that. And I think you're still, if I recall correctly, I still see some of your mask work out there now, whether that's probably some old shit, man. I don't think I've done a hockey mask in probably two or three years, just for the fact that there are just so many other talented artists out there that are nailing the renditions and more accurate, you know, and that's, that's what they've built their customer base on is accuracy. So, you know, and it just, it's one of those things that I need to concentrate on other things other than trying to compete with everybody else that's doing the same thing. So would you say that it's that what got you started uh, wasn't necessarily a lack of availability, but just the, the quality of the prop safe? Uh, I would, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, it's, and my thing has always been, and I think I got this from watching Tom Savini stuff when I was a kid, it's the, the more real it appears to you, it looks that much more real to everybody else. So that's always been my kind of thing of it's got to look, it's got to, to me, it's got to look real. Absolutely. And I can say that yours definitely, definitely look real. As you know, we've spent some time together. I've seen most of your work. I own a lot of your work. And it definitely, if you did not know any better, the general public would think that every one of your pieces are completely real. I appreciate it, man. I take a lot of pride in that. So, you know, and it's just some of the stuff is you, you look at your original piece that you have that you just molded and it's got rust on it, whatever else. So you got to, you know, to take it to the next step, you make a paint mix and, you know, you kind of apply sparingly, you know, some spots that look like it's patina and rust and whatever else and i think that's what kind of sets it off a little bit and i do know i from having some of your old stuff and then you know some of your newer stuff also i know you've altered your designs obviously over the years and the quality just uh just is greatly improved uh over the years just like with other work you know obviously the more you do the better you get and i I think it's as good as it could possibly get right now i I appreciate it man if, if you can improve on the items that you offer now, I can't wait to see it. Well, I appreciate it, man. I've got some some projects that have been on the back burner for a couple of years, and it's just getting to the point where uh, you got to, what my grandma used to say, you got to shit or get off the pot with it. So uh, one, of the, one of the projects that's been on the back burner for the last few years has been a prop one-to-one chainsaw, and not specific to any movie, but just a chainsaw that looks... Uh, looks like a, you know, a chainsaw, not something that you're going to get at Party City or Halloween USA, you know, something that's got some weight to it. And uh, I think the thing that's held me back on it was doing the bar and the chain. And it was, you know, take a chain and clay it up and make a rubber chain. It's like, Jesus, you know, what's the possibility of getting good castings out of it? So one of the things we've done, I've gotten into some uh, 3D printing recently. And uh, I've got a friend of mine that's a uh, engineer and he does it as a hobby. And it was just by chance that we met, uh, met last year before the horror hound convention. Uh, I do the trophies for the costume contest. And what I had done previously was like a prop ax and I did a laser cut, uh, horror hound logo and Eric and, uh, Eric Austin, uh, Nathan Haneman and, uh, David lady, 
had asked for something, you know, maybe a more traditional style trophy. And my bright idea was, well, what if I took one of my old uh, vintage Don Post masks, found somebody that could do a laser scan, reduce the size to about the size of a softball and do a 3D print for like the trophy header. And uh, just by chance, I found a guy in Kalamazoo, Michigan that lives about two miles away from me and invited him over and had a couple of beers, found out he's a craft beer lover. I, I work at Bell's Brewing in Kalamazoo, so naturally you have that connection there. And nice. he helped me out on that. And, you know, and, and Mike's not a fan. He's not a he's not a horror guy. And he's just like, God, he's like, people buy this. So I've kind of planted the seed with him on some stuff that it's like, you know, if you can use my stuff to, you know, kind of reduce down and make little trinkets and shit, absolutely. There's a market. So I had said something about a prop shotgun that we're going to do a chainsaw and there's a couple other ones. And I don't, the way that we were going to do it before I say we, me, was to get a chainsaw and try to make this huge cumbersome mold, uh, you know, like a brush on mold and then with a mother jacket and then rotocast it. And it's like, you know, by the time you're done, you're almost 60, 70 pounds of rubber, you know, so you're looking about a grand in just rubber. And it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to price point it at, you know, four or 500 bucks. And I think that was the other thing I got into the props was I wanted to offer stuff and make it available to everybody instead of putting these ridiculous price tags on shit that not everybody can buy it. And some people have agreed with me on that. And then some people have disagreed and said, no, you should charge as much as you can. And that's the other thing I'd rather make a hundred of something at 70 bucks a piece than only make 10 of something at 700 bucks a piece. I know it sounds crazy, but I'd, I'd rather get more in people's hands than just a select few. So so that's kind of where we're at on that, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a laser scan of the chainsaw, and then we're gonna break it down into sections and print it in sections. So then right. I'll be able to mold that, and then basically epoxy it all together when it's done. So you're gonna have the weight of probably probably two to three pounds of resin in just the body of the chainsaw, and then the other thing we're kind of working on is maybe fabricate a dummy bar and then laser cut those out of aluminum and actually add and tack on an actual chain. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it would be uh, less cumbersome to carry around than your rubber idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, <laughs> so we're, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those ideas that it's, I think if you can, if you can dream it and you can fathom it and you can tell yourself, yeah, you can do it, then I think you can do it. So, but it's just the, the thing that's held me back in the past is, Christ, I build this huge mold of this chainsaw, and then I've got to build a rotocaster. And even then, when you're rotocasting, if it's not professionally done, you're getting thin spots in your rubber. Then you're going to have to backfill it with foam. So this way, it's like, you know, we can print this off in 10 different pieces, mold all those pieces, get good pulls out of it, and then adhere it all together you know, finish it, you know, body fill, sand it down, paint it, whatever else. And I think that's the route we're going to go. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. Um, I know I, I saw a couple of um, Leatherface cosplayers at a Horror Hound uh, that could have benefited from something like that for sure. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing is, I, you know, people are, well, what chainsaw are you going to use? And I'm like, the cheapest one I can find to make a mold of. You know, it's like the one that was used in the remake 
I mean, that that's an expensive chainsaw even to find it not working. So, or I need to talk to somebody that has one and borrow theirs, and that's how we do the scan and the mold of. So, you know, there's still a lot of possibilities out there. Yeah, no doubt. So in, in your time um, doing these these props, what's the sort of funniest or strangest thing that a customer has requested of you? Oh, my God. Uh, Kalamazoo did a horror movie uh, convention, if you can believe that or not. <laughs> and uh, it had a lot of good potential. Unfortunately, there was not a lot of backing. And uh, a lot of the celebrities kind of found out at the last minute that there was no accommodations. There was no guarantee. So they were backing out left and right. Uh, a couple of them were real troopers and hung around. Uh and really kind of made the weekend fun. It wasn't very eventful, but they had fun. So, But there was a gentleman that came up to my table. It was the first time I was a vendor. And he was a uh, he was writing a script. And it was about, I'm trying to remember it all, but he wanted to, me to basically build a giant vagina for this, like a rubber <laughs> vagina for this like deformed alien type thing to like squeeze out of. And he, I mean, he had definitely thought it out because he was very descript in his, you know, description of it. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking if we had like, you know, KY jelly on the outside of it, we added some dye to it. It would kind of look, and I'm like, <laughs> and my wife's sitting right next to me and she's just like, you know, all of a sudden she's like preoccupied with like the most random shit. And I'm like, well, you know, here's my card. Yeah, let's give me a call. And he walks away and she's like, what in the fuck was that? And I'm like, welcome to horror movies, babe. Or pretty much welcome to the hobby. I mean, we've met some characters at Horror Hound and Flashback Weekend. And, you know, it's when you think you're weird, there's somebody out there that tops you sevenfold, man. Well, so so let me ask you this. Did you build I it? I did not build it. Uh, he never got in touch Uh-oh. with me. And uh, <laughs> I have a friend that's... Uh, he hosts a uh, basically a uh, public access uh, TV station in his basement, uh, uh, Baron Morbid. And uh, he and I have become really good friends. And I told him that. And he's like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. He's like, I wonder if I know that guy. And so Doug was like, we, you know, we ought to build the goddamn thing and just to do it. And so <laughs> we never got to it. But uh, Doug, Baron Morbid, he was he was all about it. He's like, oh, that just sounds some like some schlock cinema wasteland shit man and so he was all about it so but unfortunately so it, it never it never came to fruition but it was going to be bill if it would have came to that obviously uh i would have done it uh you know and then the other thing you know unfortunately is i don't think people understand how much materials are and you get a lot of guys that are like well you know you'll get exposure and it's like yeah but dude exposure is not paying for the materials so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got that before and, I, and I've, I've helped out with conventions, days of the dead, horror hound flashback, you know, uh, uh, donate some props and stuff to their costume contest or prizes like that. And that, and that's good exposure. That's good word of mouth if you can't be there, but there's been some projects that I've done and you know, they're, they're trying to make it sound to you that like it's grand. If you just, you know, if you donate this man, people are dozens of people are going to see this and, uh, you know, it's just. Yeah, you you got to kind of pick your poison sometimes. Yeah, I think, you know, considering the, the Friday the 13th, is there any new projects in the works that uh, the, our Friday the 13th fans could relate to? That Maybe a new project that you have that you know, hasn't been released yet? <sighs> yeah, the, the Pitchfork is another one that's on the back burner. Uh, 
unfortunately, the big thing is stability of the tines on the pitchfork. Uh, if you do it out of resin, it's pretty thin, and there's a possibility of it snapping. The other uh, possibility is do it out of urethane rubber, but unfortunately, there's not a, it's, it's more durable, but it's, it's, it kind of flops around. So you got to kind of build an armature to a metal rod or something to stick into each time to give it some stability. So it's just one of those things that kind of sits on the back burner and, or do it out of like polyfoam or something like that, you know, something that it's still going to be a little fragile. I think sure. the other thing is the, uh, uh, the part six darts, uh, those have been in a constant evolution, you know, you, you try something, you know, and then you have to think of something else to kind of make it a little bit easier process. And then the big thing is, you know, try to get them as accurate as possible to the movie. Mine, if you ask me, I don't think they really resemble the ones from the movie. That was basically just a, a piece that I drew out. My brother's a machinist and I took him it and it's like, okay, I want to make this dart tip, you know, and it's kind of look like this and we got it done. It's like fucking close enough. Nobody ever sees it. You know, and then people start buying it, and it's like, holy shit, you know, and you try to figure out what the the little flies are on the ends, and I can't remember who it was, it was like, oh, dude, those are those are called rooster tails. You can get those at any, like, you know, outdoorsman shop or something like that. So, you know, you just, you constantly evolve with it. So I think the next thing is to kind of try to get them. I think the ones in the movie look a little bit bigger than the ones that I make, as far as the diameter of the tube, the length of it and whatever else. So maybe concentrate and try to get them a little bit bigger and more accurate to the screen. But for those part six cosplayers out there, they're still available. Is that Yes, they are. Perfect. Well, there you have it. For those of you doing a part six costume. Yeah. Yeah. I, d- I checked out those darts on, on your Facebook page and they do look really good. Thanks man. <laughs> uh, so um, how can our listeners uh, get in contact with you? Uh, you know, where's your spot on the web? Uh, I have a Facebook page, which is uh, Dirt Nap Effects. Uh, I did have a website at one time. Uh, I was telling Nathan, you know, at Horror Hound last year, uh, recently became a father again. Uh, Max is three years old now, but I mean, it's still, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of work with three kids, uh, a full-time job outside of this. And the website was just, it was 60, 70 emails and messages a day. And I just, I couldn't keep up on it. And it was one of those things where it's like, you know what, I'm just going to take the website down for right now until I can kind of get some things squared away. So Facebook is definitely the best spot to get me on there. And uh, generally, if I don't answer a question, if I don't see it, uh, Jason Baker is also an admin on that page. And Jason will normally shoot me a message and say, hey, there's somebody looking for something. Well, all right, man. Uh, we really appreciate you being on the show. Appreciate um, the uh, appreciate the uh, reaching out, man. It's a lot of fun to get to talk to some fellow fans and <laughs> yeah. nerd out a little bit. Yes, and and our our cosplayer, uh, our resident cosplayer Eric, uh, makes makes use of your product, sir. So cool. We appreciate that. And of course, you know, I do as well. Also, oh, absolutely. Nathan's Nathan's been a good help. <laughs> Well, where can our listeners catch you at the next convention at, Tim? Uh, the next one will be uh, Horror Hound Weekend in Indianapolis in September at MaskFest. Uh, if I don't have a vendor table there, I will be there. So, you know, it's uh, the, the vending is uh, it's a long weekend, you know. it's uh, And for me to sit at a table for eight hours a day for three days, 
and sitting still, I start getting a little antsy. So this year I might not do a vendor booth and I might just be kind of floating around and, you know, I'll, I'll be visible. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Tim. We definitely really appreciate it. Uh, all of our listeners go out and check out Tim's business Facebook page, Dirt Nap FX, or something bad might happen to you. <laughs> You'll get chlamydia. <laughs> From the giant vagina. Yes. Now I'm just going to build it. <laughs> Picture it didn't happen. Dad, what's that? <laughs> All right, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever the fuck you listen to the show. If you want to support us financially, head over to campbloodpodcast.com slash donate. If you think you or someone you, sh- you know should be featured on the show, you can hit us up at campbloodpodcast.com slash feedback or comment on the show notes at campbloodpodcast.com slash 44. A special thanks to the Downriver Rat for our intro and outro music. You can check out his music at thedownriverrat.com. Until next time. Until next time.